Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, Please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Hey, I'm here. You can't see me, but I swear I'm in here somewhere. Ah! <laughs> All right, everybody. Really sorry about the technical difficulties. Ben's got a computer crisis right now. It's not his fault, but there is a serious computer crisis, and we are so sorry. There's nothing he could do about it right now. I really hope he can get that thing back on track because, you know, that could really hinder his ability to constantly be up to date. We have phones these days. They get better. But the phone is pretty crappy on StreamYard still. So I told Ben, hey, don't worry about it. You know, I got two more shows due tonight. But I wanted to pop in and say hello. This is supposed to be the Prospects Power Half Hour. You talk. Two L's, two Z's. Sponsored podcast. Those of us who already know what that is, you don't need to think about that. The rest of you are new. Welcome. Any newcomers are welcome to the show all the time. The Discord is free. That link is in the show description. Every time, the Patreon and the Discord are in every show description. It's super easy to find. I just did a quick write-up on Mark Vientos today. That's where that graphic came from. I just thought I'd use it again. I mean, this sucks that you only use a graphic once, and then that's it. Well, Mark Vientos got called up for that one time, but now that's it. He's not going to be called up again in a way that'll be as exciting as Mark Vientos was called up for the Mets. Beat the Mets. There he is. Like a high train. Pretty neat. I like Mark Vientos and in my Patreon write-up, which you can get access to for just three bucks, three bones, three clams, whatever you prefer. Whatever the preferred nomenclature is, use that. But I'm excited. You know, he's not going to steal bases, but everything else is in play. I, I think he's got a decent batting average floor. Definitely has power. He's six foot four. Yeah, he's like 190. He still could fill out some more and grow. Third base is a place where Eduardo Escobar has been for the Mets, and he's 34 years old, and he's got a team option for next year, but he's done. So Vientos is the future. And, in fact, I would be surprised if Mark Vientos gets set back down. I really think he's here to stay. He's 23 years old. He's been ready to go. And I'll tell you this. This is the time for Mark Vientos. It's just prospects. You never know what's going to happen. But I love his profile enough where even when he struggles, when he goes on the cold streak, the slump hits for Vientos, and you know it will, that his floors will keep him in a safe place. They will prevent him from being such a wasted void of a player that he gets sent back down to Syracuse at AAA. Then again, the Mets are a team that's in contention. We always talk about, or at least I think I like to talk about, team context. What is the team's goal this year? Are they in a championship hunt? The Mets most certainly aren't a championship pump, even if they didn't get the memo that the season had already started. <laughs> I'm so funny. I know. It's crazy. Jamie says, uh, well, that happened to me last night. Cleared my web browser and was unable to end the show last night. Because you cleared your web browser? Weird. Cookies? Where's your cookies? Get your cookies. Let's hope Matt McLean pans out. Uh, I guarantee you he's, he's going to pan out, okay, if that's the wording you're using. <laughs> Matt McLean is good, and he gets to play one of the best ballparks for offense in all of Major League Baseball. So don't you worry about Mr. McLean. I got great news, folks. Looks like our buddy has figured out his crisis with his computer, and he's back. There he is. Yay! Woo-hoo! You did it, buddy. Uh-oh, you're going to have to check your settings, I think. 
I think uh, you're, yeah, yeah. Stuff got reset or whatever, but that's okay. At least you're here now. Ben's with us here on the Plotso Podcast, two L's, two Z's. So we got a late start, but at least we're here now, locked and loaded. But I think even Ben will agree with me once he gets stable here that, yeah, Matt McLean is, uh, he's not going anywhere, most likely. He would have to really, really blow it. Because again, you think about team context, it's Cincinnati Reds. They're not in a championship hunt. And even if McLean did go in a really, really cold slump, that's fine. They're in a situation where they can let their guys play out, right, Ben? Yeah, and he's he's defensively very skilled. I don't know that he'll win a gold glove at any position, but he's very capable at three positions that are very important. I mean, he can play center field, and he's got a lot of experience at second and short. <clears throat> now, add in that he's certainly got the arm to play third, and you got a, a player who's probably going to get you three, four starts a week at least, even when everyone's healthy and comes back. But at this point, if they're calling him up, he's playing. And in that ballpark, yeah, give me that. Because last year what McLean tried to do is he tried to go for broke on the power, and going for broke on that power meant that he had not such hot contact. Um, mm-hmm. missed the barrel of the bat a lot. And now he's really back to using his natural power. He's got a, no one likes to hear this, but it's a more level swing, which for some people is a better swing. It fits his body style, his skills better, but he has enough natural torque that he's going to generate some home run power. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I, I don't think there's, I know it seems crazy. Guy gets called up. And McLean was not some guy who came out of nowhere either. So no. it's not like, wow, this is a real shock. He's been prepared for this moment, and he was ready to go. And he's not going back. I, no. I was saying that also about Mark Vientos, Ben. I'm, well, I'm wondering what you think about that, because I feel like Vientos has a floor built into his profile that will prevent him from having prolonged slumps here. He can hit for average. Maybe not 300, but even if he goes cold, he can still stick around 250, I think. The only concern is, does a platoon develop if he struggles against right-handed pitching? I mean, he crushes lefties, and last year he was okay against. It wasn't like he was terrible against righties. He was he was average at best. And I guess yeah, that that'd be the biggest concern. But the, you've got legit power, and playing in the NL East, you, you you're going to face tough pitching. So that's one thing to take into consideration that. Probably this first month, we won't notice it as much, but get into, you know, into the heat of the summer, July, August, when he's making his second trip through the league. And you might see Vantos get exposed a little bit this year, but I do think he's going to be someone who's just, his defense is good enough in a lot of places. There's another, I mean, he's a similar guy. He's nowhere near the defender that McLean is, or he'd be playing short, but um, you know, I think this should be something that is pretty obvious. If you look at, he's, he got called up ahead of Ronnie Mauricio, who is mm. just stinging the crap out of the ball and can play shortstop, can play second very well, can play third, you know, has those defensive skills that could also translate it should tell you something that they called up Vientos instead of him. Ah, I mean, that's a great point. That he's, See? They, they trust that bat enough that yeah. he's going to at least be mature enough to handle the first trip through, have probably some struggles, which that's expected, but then to be able to recover and make that next trip through and be okay. And they're desperate for offense right now. They're really struggling offensively. They need pop. (laughs) They need some power in their offense. And, you know, last night was a a real typical moment of what Ventos could do here and how he could thrive. Him and Francisco Alvarez, by the way, two rookies hit big home runs, and then Pete Alonso hits the walk-off winner against 
the Tampa Rays of all teams. And that could spark the bets. Uh, you know, I said this about the Cardinals. It's almost two weeks ago when they came back against the Tigers and won 12 to six. Paul Goldschmidt hit three dongs. And then that following week, they went to the Cubs. Wilson Contreras returned to Wrigley. The Cardinals have played much better since that moment. There are periods of time where a game can set you off in a direction because that's baseball. It happens. And this could be that game for the Mets. And Francisco Alvarez is, he's not hitting for much average, but he's no. showing when he connects, he could crush the ball. And it's, for a team like the Mets, it's you have, frankly, other than Alonzo, the guys who are producing offensively are young. I mean, Beatty has had his streaks, but he's that's the thing. Beatty, Alvarez, Vantos, these guys, they're going to have their moments where they struggle because they're young. They're going through the league the time, the first time, or even the second time. They're getting that, that you know, jump into the pool and figure out how cold it is sort of moment. And <laughs> once they get through that, and once they get used to it, once they get acclimated, they're going to be so much more consistent in their play week to week. Now, there are those players like a Dansby Swanson who goes bottom out and up to the absolute top, and there really isn't a whole lot in between. But those kind of players are few and far between. And yeah. From what I've seen in the minors of all three of these guys, that's not the player that they are. They're not really streaky players. So they've each got an offensive profile that you need to watch. Yeah, holy Damn crap. Straight. Hasn't Yuri been awesome? Jeez. Two starts. Uh, the first one was, you know, not great, but it wasn't god-awful. And this last one was real solid. Mm -hmm. So I, this is the question I wanted to talk about then because between Yuri Perez – and Matthew Liberatore getting the call, and he had a nice start in yep. his debut. I actually think people who didn't spend fab money on Yuri, I don't think they're going to be left out in the cold if they spend it on Liberatore. I really think no. he's going to be solid. And and I've been you know I've been kind of preaching this for a while you know this season that you know Liberatore made some changes and made some changes in spring that really. If he would be pitching with the other hand, I think he would have been in the opening day rotation. But they had two other lefties, and they didn't want a three-lefty rotation. Um, and which, I don't know, it depends on... You can win with five righties. You can win with four lefties, three right, lefties, whatever. It all depends on the team behind your pitching. And we've right. seen that this year, that they really <laughs> have struggled to be consistent defensively, which is never something you see out of the Cardinals. You know, maybe no, they had multiple gold glove winners. Oh. I mean, it's happened a couple times now. It's yeah. crazy. And that's just a whole, whole deal is like, you know, you've got, you know, you've got a guy like Goldschmidt. You've got a guy like, you know, you've Arenado, you've got all these elite defenders, but now you're moving them around a little bit. You're trying to get a guy like Nolan Gorman into the lineup. Well, that bat has been great this year. Yeah. Issue is, I, you don't really want him playing defense, you know? And so where do you fit that in? And Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond and, you know, all these guys that, yeah, they have some flexibility and then we just won't get into what they've done with Tyler O'Neill and the rest of that outfield, because there's been some bad blood. There's been some goofy alignments. I mean, it's just, it's rough about the one, the thing that I've, I've loved most about the Cardinal season this year was Lars Newtbar on Mother's Day. I don't know if you saw that video at all. He got on, they did an interview with him and his mom was on video and like they it brought her into the video interview and he just broke down bawling. It, it was just, it was a really, really cool moment because she got on the yeah. interview to talk with him. I mean, Lars, Lars is one of my favorite guys in the, in the entire league just because of the way he's, He's got that kind of a personality, but then to have his mom pop on and to see that emotional reaction, yeah, that's that's real life. You you know, kind of brings in that <laughs> we're not cheering for you know for laundry and for fantasy baseball. Essentially, these are actual human yeah. beings, and so oh, you're right. Um, but no, get back to Libertor. If you can get consistent defense behind him, I think some of the things he did this year, the changes he made, I think he's going to be very, very, very solid. He's not, he's not sexy. I mean, he's just, he's not a guy that's going to pump you in a lot of, you know, he's not going to pump a lot of whole lot uh, 98s in there, but a lefty hitting mid nineties, which, you know, you look at that sinker, where did it average? 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's, if he's, he's kind of bumped up just a hair, just a tick, he's always been kind of a, a three, four average. And now he's a five average. Well, that's, that's enough. And he's really the sequencing he's using his curveball on. And, you know, he's that, that's, it makes for a really good mix mix of pitches for him. And I think he's changed the shape of his curve a little bit. His slider used to be just a studly slider, but he throws kind of just the same slider as everyone throws, you know? And so Hmm. it's pretty easy to pick up and he just, he doesn't command it. I guess he doesn't command it elite. And for that kind of a, you know, if everyone's throwing that same type of slider, if your command of it isn't elite, guys can hit on it pretty well. And that's been his real struggle is that's always been his predominant uh, breaking pitch. And that curveball has been kind of one of those he kept in the back pocket and throw out every so often and really make guys look goofy. Now he's really improved the location on that curve. So that's key. Now he's got 12 whiffs in his debut here against the Brewers. He went head to head with Corbin Burns and he got the win and yeah. he pitched five solid innings, six K's. It looks to me, like you said, the defense has to be much better for St. Louis, but I believe St. Louis is on the right path now. Even if there's a lot of talk about Ali Marmel, maybe he's not, you know, a great fit for them, or they there's something going on there right now, which is that's disappointing to see. I don't want to see that, but I am excited to see what Liberator does, yeah. and I'll be trying to pick him up this weekend in Fab. The chat says Logan Allen over in Cleveland here with another gem today, and then Peyton Battenfield was not great yesterday. You got Savali McKenzie, and rehab starts are here, and obviously Battenfield's going to the bullpen, but Chad says Allen and BB have forced a six-man rotation. I don't know if that's going to happen in Cleveland, uh, even if they're great. You know... Tito can make tough calls, Ben. Tito's been around a long time. He's not afraid to... Well, and he's, he's, a, he's, he's the man. He's a South Dakota boy, you know? That's so... Oh, is he? I didn't his, know that. His dad was playing in the minors when he was born here in South Dakota, so... Yeah, um, and he played with Michael Jordan, or he managed Michael Jordan. Yeah, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> the, the guy's just done everything, and I mean, he had a good. Folks don't remember how long his own playing career was, too. He had a pretty solid length uh, playing career, and then moved into that role. It's going to be really weird to see how, or really odd to see how he manages this, because I honestly don't know how much I trust the middle of their bullpen right now. Frankly, I don't know how much I trust the back of their bullpen either. But you know. Classe uh, had a nice save today, but yeah, you know he's been. He'll struggling. be fine. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I know he's. Yeah. But I, I have. Maybe he loses the job for a minute eventually, even. But I'm season long. I'm with uh, Class A. I want to go back to this point. Chad brought it up real quick. The issue with Libertor isn't that he's a, he has available because a lot of people held on to him like Ben held Yuri Perez <laughs> in the Palazzo, <laughs> the League of Death. Yeah. Well, so I, I, that 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 league is not done as well as i had hoped i thought i had a lot of guys <laughs> right on the cusp and um yeah you know the funny thing is i've seen a lot of them come up they just came up they said hello and they turned around and went back to triple a so i'm kind of <laughs> kind of sitting on a few but now yeah, I've that got doesn't Murray, help you now i've got you know tosh bradley coming back up that that league i'm gonna have some fun but it, did you hear this jamie says i picked up liberator i was happy with the dub i heard it was a spot start or is he up for good this time I, um I've what I've actually been reading is that they're talking about uh, expanding their rotation, which would make a lot of sense with a guy like Wayne Wright. With you know some of these guys getting them an extra day of rest, make a hell of a lot of sense. And Libertor is the thing that he'll give you. He may not be a guy in fantasy that you love because he's probably not going to give you consistent five plus strikeouts, but he's going to almost every time out give you five innings. And that gives you a chance for the win, but more importantly for real life ball, that gives the Cardinals a chance to rest their bullpen. And they have some pretty freaking fun arms in that bullpen. Um, yeah. You Ryan know. Helsley's been better lately. He really struggled yeah. to start the year. And then Gallegos had the door open for him, and then he didn't play well. So, And you, and you got someone like, uh, like Hicks who could just launch baseballs it's just silly stupid to watch him throw a baseball so i mean you have yeah, but you never guys. get production from him you just no, don't no it's unfortunate but. no but but i mean having a guy like that who's your sixth inning guy really that's a pretty oh, yeah, solid you know and it, so if you've got a six seven eight nine like that if you can consistently get through five you're gonna be in good shape and yeah um 
if that helps them get five out of Wainwright, out of, you know, Matt's, out of all these guys that they're they're seemingly having some back and forth issues with as far as getting consistent production, I, I don't see why they wouldn't do a six man. But then again, it's the Cardinals. So I'm not going to put down any predictions because they've <laughs> not been doing a lot of anything that makes sense, but it is what it is. What's the, so what's the bottom line on the Cleveland six man? You don't think that'll happen? I I think it's going to be... I would imagine that injuries and or performance is going to dictate a five. They're going to have five guys come through. And I, I like Savali. He's a, you know, especially real life pitcher. He's an excellent fit in the middle of your rotation. But McKenzie is probably not going to be 100% until you get into September. I mean, just he's going to take some time to get himself reacclimated to the mound. All those sorts of things. It might not be the worst move for them to plug him into a long relief situation and have him go three days a week or two days a week pitching two to three innings just to get some work if he's major league ready otherwise let him get his get himself going in triple a and get fully back before he's back into the major league rotation they don't have the thing that i think i know they're talking sit or chad was talking six i think what what bibby and what alan have done is they've offered the opportunity to slow roll these guys back in. There's no rush to get Savali and McKenzie back in because of lack of production. So Mm -hmm. that's what's been provided to Francona right now is, well, let's, you know, if McKenzie is, you know, 75% of his normal self, we don't need to rush that. We can let that be in AAA. We can use that in, you know, in the middle innings. We can do a lot of things with that to get him back to 100% before we really unleash him. There's a St. Louis radio guy who posted on Twitter that last year, basically a year ago, May 28th, Matthew Libertor pitched almost the exact same outing against the exact same team. For real, the Brewers on May 28th of last year. But the key difference is the changes he made in the offseason that we've talked about Mm -hmm. on the show several times. So that it's nice to make a comp like that. Like, okay, well, that's who he is. But if this is... If this is who he can be now, there's more in the tank. I, I think the strikeout increase and the whiff rates, if that's a result of this improved leg drive and the, the buildup of his body, then that'll be great. That'll be a lot of fun. I don't want to spend the whole show talking about Liberator. Uh, what else did you want? I mean, we're lucky he came on. The yeah. computer worked. Whew. Who else did you want to mention today? Because I have um, a few guys I wanted to uh, mention too, but go ahead. Boy, you know, one that I'll, I'll skip Anthony, though. I got to skip Anthony. Sorry. <laughs> One of the things that I, I really feel bad about just the news this week is Kumar Rocker going down. Um, God, if you had watched his starts recently, he had really turned to t- turned a corner and was locating. <laughs> and he was really, I mean, his velocity wasn't peak Kumar velocity, but it was getting darned close. He was snapping off. I mean, that slider is just sick. And he was snapping off his slider and it, just he was he was looking like a guy who should be in double a rather than high a and you're thinking well pretty soon you're gonna have lighter and rocker back to back in that double a rotation and then this so Mm. that sucks but yeah it sucks he's had a bad run it's yeah it's been a bad stretch it's it just it seems like almost it may not work out but I, i hope it does i hope he can come back and there's life for kumar rocker after this rough go of his yeah but uh look who's here we haven't seen him in forever it's helmut oh my god what's up helmut i haven't seen you this have i seen you once this year if you came by i hardly recall Good to see you, my friend. But he says, good stuff, guys. Give me two. Sure, I'll give you two. Utah. There you go. Give me two. Samad Taylor. Why won't Kansas City call up Samad Taylor? He's better than Massey, Jackie Bradley Jr., Duffy, or Dozier. Uh, ben? I it, It's 100% veteran presence that they're going for with the final three on that list. Uh, Massey's been playing a lot better lately. Yeah. Um, well, he was so bad. Oh, yeah. He had to play better well, eventually. I was saying, he did. Yeah. And I mean... He's not a guy who's going to be an elite fantasy guy for you, but real life, he was even struggling, and he's putting together batting a lot. average. He should have a better batting average, shouldn't he? He should be a I mean, he should be average. A... I mean, I think the comp I made uh, on here once is that you know if you remember like an Omar Infante type of a line, you know, pretty of course, pretty good batting average. He might get you ten and ten, but that's probably a you know don't expect fifteen. You know that sort of a guy that and. 
you know, back in the day, he'd be a perfect two hole hitter. You know, the old school lineup construction, that'd be your perfect guy who can put a lot of contact to the baseball, probably isn't going to get a lot of home runs, but good base runner, not a good base stealer, just that perfect guy to have sitting behind a Ricky Henderson, you know, that can move like a Placido Placido Polanco. Yeah. Yep. And that's another guy who would be a very similar uh, comp for him. And so, yeah, he's probably not going to be sexy for you in fantasy, but he's going to be one of those guys that you can plug and no, he's not going to usually hurt you, which is why this the start to his season this year was so rough because he was yeah. hurting you. Um, but I, I felt bad for him. Oh, I did, and and you could tell he was starting to press, but he's he's back at it. I, I I mean, he looks at ease in the box now. The rest of those guys, absolutely, the only reason that why they're getting run over them over over Taylor is absolutely the veteran aspect of it. I mean. That's that's really all it is. Now, getting, I, I do will think it'd be fun to see what's gonna. Or I don't know, fun, but it's gonna be interesting to see what, what happens as Drew Waters gets healthy, and he should be back here within the month. And that that's suddenly going to be a very interesting mix of people of players because I mean they just sent down Tyler Gentry, and you know he's a pretty solid ball player. You you've got a lot of really interesting pieces and how they're going to fit them all together. It's absolutely a rebuilding club, but it's a rebuilding club with a lot of decent options. I mean, none of these guys are probably all-star players. I mean, Waters might have the talent to be an all-star player, but I mean, really, I I think he can be that for sure. Fantasy all-star. I mean, he's got power and speed enough to where I could see him being the type of guy that really is a nice asset in fantasy at his peak. But he was a Waters was second round pick, just like Mark yep. Ventos was of the 2017 draft. That's a that was a fun draft. There's a lot of guys that went in that second and third round in that draft that I really liked. That I know when I was doing mock drafts at that time, I put a lot of those guys into the first round because I liked them as players. Um, but mm-hmm. I think you'll see that'll be a very interesting thing to watch for fantasy owners. You might come somebody's going to come out of that, and somebody's going to. You know, we all really want to have a guy who's on in the middle of an amazing offense in a great park. But more than anything, you need at bats. And if one of yeah. these guys starts getting at bats, that I mean, he might be a better play than somebody who's the utility guy for the Reds just because he happens to be in the in a good ballpark. Not say, and mind you, I'm not saying that will be McLean's role, but someone, you know, let's say a Kyle Farmer last year, just because he was getting frequent uh, frequent opportunities in great american did not mean he was going to be a good offensive player for your team but these guys if they're getting consistent at bats you just you never know i mean that's you got to pay attention to it so so michael garcia he got called up he's been on the roster for the royals and you know He's kind of like Massey, it yeah. seems like. Yep. I don't really, I mean, more speed. He could steal more bags, yeah. He's a, but basically that's it. So maybe, what, how do you see Samad Taylor coming in here? Is it going to be after the trade deadline then? Or, or is there going to have to be a couple of injuries? How do you, how, roughly, I mean, best guess, Samad Taylor. I honest, I, I kind of wonder if he isn't going to come in initially as a backup player. Um, as in somebody who can play a couple days a week in the outfield and a couple days a week in the infield but then he needs that opportunity and that's going to likely mean because they've got a number of veterans right now who do that. So guys like Dozier guys like, you know, Duffy, those guys are going to need to be, I mean, you can trade them away for the equivalent of a guy who was drafted in the 17th round. It's not like you're going to get a whole lot for them. Yes. But so at least you could open up a spot to see what you have on your team by putting that player on a different team, which I don't know if this is the case. Ooh, no, no, he's. I don't think so. He's. I mean, for one, Brandon Donovan was up almost the entire year last year. He came out. Nobody knew. He came up. He kind of got an opportunity because of injuries, and then just kept producing. I mean, he wasn't anything sexy initially offensively, but he just was getting. There's a great example of he kept getting opportunities, and he wasn't hurting you with them. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. 
These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert, commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15 second skip ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert, red alert, commercials incoming. In three, two, one. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. His batting eye was crucial to his success. He really knew right away. There's some guys that can come up to the big leagues and just draw a walk right away. I mean, Reese Hoskins could come up right away. Mm-hmm. He showed power, too, but he could draw a walk. You know, those, those will keep you in the lineup. If you can get on base when you can't make contact, that's crucial. Yeah. And Helmet says thank you, by the way. Thank you, guys. <laughs> of course, Helmet. We love seeing you here, buddy. Yeah, Always a pleasure. I know this guy's on a lot of people's minds, so I want to go back to Anthony's comment here. Will, not Manzardo so much, but you can comment on Kyle Manzardo. But what about Jordan Westberg? He's playing well, and I see almost every league I'm in, I feel like someone has picked him up over the last week. There's a lot of movement toward Jordan Westberg getting called up to the Blue Jays. And a lot of that ha- yeah. to the Orioles. Yeah, a lot of that. Sorry, Orioles. Oh, yeah. I spaced out. But a lot of that happens to be simply because they've got a few guys that are currently injured. You know, most notably Ramon Ar- uh, Urias. He's... That's the spot he's taken if he comes up because that's essentially the player he is. I mean, I think Westberg's a phenomenally better overall player than that, but that's the role on the Orioles right now that he would be filling. And if Urias comes back, where's that role for him? Because, I mean, Ramon's a pretty darn good hitter. He's not, he's a streaky hitter for darn sure, but he's sure. a competent defender at, you know, throughout all around the infield that you just don't have that. Now, I have made this comment a number of times, and I don't know how many, whether or not, it, if it's just me wish casting it or what, but the Orioles have tremendous outfield depth. The Orioles also hey, have... Look at it right here. Here it is. <laughs> they also have tremendous like middle infield depth. What, Wait, what happened with Colton Kowser? Was that a false alarm? I think was he was, really going to get called up, or he got hurt again? I think that's somebody, what happened. I think he got pulled from the lineup, and somebody went, oh, it's hug time! And uh, no, no, it wasn't. Um, but the the thing I really think is is going to would be a great thing for them is they really need pitching. And we were just talking about it. How great would Cleveland line up with them in a trade? Cleveland absolutely needs outfield offense. I mean, they could even use infield offense. They just need offense. Cleveland has a glut of pitching. Boy, those two would seem to line up really, really well for a deal midseason. And everyone goes, oh, they aren't going to trade someone like Santander midseason. <laughs> well, if they've got a whole lot of options to replace him and who they could swap him for is going to be a huge bonus for their rotation. Absolutely. They'll make that trade all day long. And it's not a matter of, well, they're contending, so they aren't going to make trades for prospects. No, I don't know that they'd go for a prospect, but you get a guy who's major league ready or is, I mean, in the case of someone like, let's say, I I don't think they're going to get that, but, but imagine if, if they could get someone like a, a Bibby, or a Logan Allen, that's a guy they could plug in right now, and he's going to be better than most everyone else in their rotation. And Santander would be immediately better than most anyone out- <laughs> that the, the, uh, the Guardians can run out there in the outfield. I almost got fined. Um, almost said the Indians. But... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it was what it was your whole life, yeah. so I, I understand. You're only human, but you're well aware of who the Guardians oh, are yeah. now. Uh, what about the other side of this one real quick? Manzardo, this year, I mean, as Christian Crespo, our, one of our resident experts in the Discord, has said, there's no need for the Rays yeah. to start his clock. And that's, I think that's what folks are going to have to look at is, you know, I, if I'm remembering correctly, Paredes, is he not injured right now, I believe? 
I'll effort that. Uh, I don't have them on any but, fantasy teams this year, so I'm nah. totally out of loop on you. But <laughs> regardless, you've got kind of your options at first base to start the year were Paredes and Yandi. And Yandi has played significantly better than Eber ever has before. And you still have Jonathan. Isak is back. He's He's okay. been back. He hit two dongs just the other day. <laughs> Look at go. me. I'm not even paying attention. Good God. Jonathan Aranda is probably your next guy who they're going to want to at least see what they have. Because that's the way the Rays work. <laughs> they have a and Luke, Luke Rayleigh. Luke yes. Rayleigh has been Rayleigh. a guy who can play first yep. and corner outfield. Who he's... has provided them with power in the moments he's got to play. He's also he's making enough contact. He's actually a viable fantasy asset this year, and even Harold though he Ramirez. doesn't play every day. Add in Harold Ramirez yes. as well. I mean, they, yes. they've had a number of guys who've kind of filtered through that first base position. I do think in total talent, Lazardo's better than any of them, but. He's a minor leaguer, and they're not going to start that clock unless they suddenly don't have anyone producing, and then they'll unleash that. Otherwise, he's probably sitting down in the minors, and if they re- I mean, they've taken away some of these restrictions, they might say, hey, you know what? We're going to bring you up August 31st so we can put you on the postseason roster. Of course, they can fake an injury to somebody and throw him on the postseason roster, but he very well might get a September cup of coffee just to see what he's got and be a postseason hero to take over first base next year. But yeah, I think that's probably all you're going to see of him this year. And preseason, I really thought he'd be a guy up. But yeah, me too. That's... I really, I liked Ben Zardo a lot and I drafted him in a couple redraft leagues actually as a guy that yeah. might come up, mid, you know, maybe next month. Plus, Taj Bradley came up he back today and mm-hmm. he pitched five innings and he was solid against the Mets. So it, it was almost a month though. He was gone. He last pitched in the majors on April 18th. It's it's now middle of May. So he's gone for almost a month, unfortunately for the people who paid a lot of money for him. Uh, let's switch over here with David Hamilton. This is a guy who plays for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy who could, he's stealing bags. Uh, he's really giving you a lot of offensive numbers for triple a uh, Worcester yeah. or Worcester over there. And I gotta say, I profiled him in Govier's guy. Uh, no, what, what do I call my stuff? Groove with Govier. I got yeah. so many things. Patreon, <laughs> FTN. The Groove with Govier, the weekly fantasy baseball roundup. Two weeks ago, he was one of the hitters I profiled. There's a guy who, at the time I profiled him, everybody was hot on Emmanuel Valdez. Like, oh, Emmanuel Valdez, loving this guy. So now it's two weeks later, mm-hmm. and. Where do we stand here with David Hamilton? Well, I think what you're – honestly, I've had him – when I was kind of doing pecking order stuff with uh, the Red Sox, I had him behind uh, Sedan Raffaella as far as a guy who has a very similar profile to how he would fit with the Red Sox. And Raphael forgot to bring his bat with him out of spring training. So um, <laughs> it's just, it's been really bad. The defense is still ungodly good. But so, I mean, that they're similar players in that I think Hamilton could play you a center field. He can play you a shortstop. That's the type of role that I think Raphael would come up and play. And so I kind of thought, you know, you know, as much as Hamilton could be something, he's probably stuck behind that. Well, no, no, he's really not. No, he's he's not he, not putting up holy crap numbers. I mean, it's it's a guy who's, I think he's a two seventy hitter at his best. But you get on base at a let's say if he's on base at a three thirty to three forty clip, the speed he has, he's going to get you twenty thirty bases, and that's an asset. I don't care if we have tech, a little bit more stolen bases league wide right now. A 20 to 30 stolen base guy is an extremely valuable fantasy asset. And I don't know. It's just a matter of are the Red Sox going to pull that trigger? And I think they've held around competing long enough to where they think they can continue to compete. But when you're playing freaking Connor Wong at shortstop, we've got issues. (laughs) That's a catcher. There's a reason he's a catcher. That's right. Although they say catchers are some of the best athletes, but still, yes, you're right about that. And, he and we've seen, uh, so. we've seen, uh, oh God, what's his face? Why am I blinking out? Oh, Dahlbeck. even they even tried to, uh, yeah, they tried Bobby Dahlbeck over there at spring training, and even this year yeah. for a moment. It's and this is the other thing you have to consider, Anthony, whose question we're answering here, David Hamilton, live here on the Plotso Podcast. Who else? Two Z. Utah. 
Alberto Mondesi is getting closer to returning, and that is going to play a big part in, hey, David Hamilton, let's call him up. Why would they if they get Mondesi back? And if Trevor Story could come back, you know, sooner than later, it gets really tough for Hamilton. And that's that's really where you run into it because I like like what – what Hamilton could do and kind of the same thing with, I liked what Raffaella could provide, but once they signed Mondesi, you're kind of like, Oh, well, they basically just signed that player. I mean, that, that guy is now <laughs> on their roster at the major league level. If he's healthy, which obviously that's a big if <laughs> with, with Mondesi, but while he is healthy, they're going to want to play him. And I can, I can imagine that, you know, that would probably mean David Hamilton's out. Well, if you go in big, you know, if he does get called up and you spend big on fab, understand that that's your big risk is, I mean, Mondesi and Story are probably playing games very soon or around the all-star break together in the infield. Mm-hmm. Now they might get, three, is, yeah. they might get three games together before one or both of them is injured again, but they'll play at least a couple of games together likely somewhere mid-july i mean yeah and uh james paxton will be right there with him <laughs> yeah he'll be unfortunately the, he'll throw a pitch they'll try to turn a double play and all three of them will get injured on the same play it'll be just a <laughs> <Yeah>. magical <laughs> they'll have their own separate clubhouse over there i'm telling you james paxton is a wonderful story remember this folks even if he's outstanding every start every start could be like seven starts this year he has not pitched at all over the last I remember I had him in the COVID season when he went out. I, I, I remember watching a Sunday night game because it was COVID and everybody was stuck at home. And I was watching a lot more Sunday night baseball and more baseball in general. And I remember that game where he got hurt. I think it was against the Yankees or he was a Yankee. Oh, he was a Yankee. That's right. No. Paxton was a Yankee and now he's a Red Sox. At any rate, guys, do not dive into Paxton, please. He has nothing to do with Dynasty so much and prospects, but just don't do it because – you will get screwed. Uh, Anthony wants to talk about the pipeline update here. Yeah. They have released a new top 100, and I'm pleased that Brock Porter, Luis Angel Acuna, who we've talked about on the show many times, Edgar Currero, got them all on my AL only squad. Very pleased. Good yeah. for you, Anthony. Yeah, Cuero. Actually, and Cuero's uh, namesake on the Brewer system, um, two of the best young catchers in baseball right now. And they're both just crushing the baseball. And the thing is, Edgar's doing it as a 20-year-old catcher in double A. And that's really friggin' impressive. And I mean, we were all at the start of the year, we were all going, well, now they've got Logan O'Hoppy. So now what are they gonna do with Edgar Cuero? Is he suddenly a really good, you know, mid-season trade chip? Yeah, no. I mean, if he's playing like this in double A, see what he can do in triple and God, by the oh, end this of the is year, the guy from uh the AFL, right? He spelt the name wrong. Is that what happened there? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Edward. Yeah. The guy that uh, we saw, I saw Arizona yeah. Fall League. He made the big splash with the uh, home run derby. Did he win yeah. the home run well, derby? See, I... Both of them technically were in. I, 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 I don't remember off the top of my head if they're actually related. Um, but oh, um, the okay. For the, for the Brewers, who both of them were in the AFL. Um, yeah. Okay. Jefferson that's what it was. Cuero. And. Let me see here. Oh, I should have clicked on something else, but oh well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Jefferson barely played at all in the AFL. I was just looking here. I could pull up the two of them and just look. Do do. The Brewers guy, because I'm. I, God, I really thought I was locked in on the Brewers catcher who was no, kicking butt. In yeah, the it is Brewers that was there. And see, I think Edgar might have just been a taxi squad guy because he doesn't have any registered games for the AFL. But both of them were there. It's ah. just that only one of them actually played. Um, okay, gotcha. That's yeah. Edgar's Edgar's a really fun hitter. He's really really fun. Just because he's a switch hitting catcher. He's twenty. He's in the AFL. He's really playing well. Um, I, I I think we talked about this when we were on the Rangers system. If I remember right, that was when we had Joe Lowry on and talking about. And we both said this is a system you get down to your 20th guy and you're still bringing out guys and so to hear that porter and acuna are getting some love makes a lot of sense this is a really deep system that just there's stud names 
haven't had the production that you might want. The leaders, yeah. uh, the you know, Jack Leiter and the Rocker, they just haven't had that production that you maybe would want out of them. But, I mean, frankly, yeah. Well, in 1964, sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> AFL, yeah. But, uh, Chargers. you know, one of the other really big movers, if we're going to get on the Rangers, in the pipeline, uh, pipeline update was Evan Carter, who is right now on the cusp of the top 10 in all of baseball. And that's, you know, there's a stud. He is a stud. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. Rangers have a, was, have a fun system. It's a great reminder, guys, if you have somebody who's added to a list or is starting to gain attention in your realm, go back and check out all the episodes. We did all 30 teams. We gave you the next big three. We got the top three and then the next big three. And if a guy like David Hamilton, he's not on the show at all or doesn't even get mentioned, that should at least be, not that we're right all the time, of course, but we don't try to operate as just... You know, MLB pipeline people either. Ben's talked yeah. about that a lot. We want to, we want to. He does his own work and he makes his own conclusions based on what he sees, and uh, he also hears and he puts it all together into his own pie and stew and makes it into a delicious final result. So just remember that all of those episodes are on the YouTube or if you prefer audio on our podcast platform of your choice. They're all there for you. And uh, absolutely, Carter was mentioned on the Texas yeah. show, and yeah. Ben with Mickey Moniak coming up again. I actually hit up Taylor Blake Ward, who was on the show for the Angels oh, yeah. show, because he, I still can hear his words. Mickey Moniak came up towards the end of the show we did here, me, Ben, and Taylor Blake. And there was some guy in the background who was doing hard, he was doing Mr. Fix-It stuff. Yeah. That was funny. I remember that. But uh, <laughs> but he said, I like Mickey a lot. He's a great guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's not, it's not fair to him that he ended up being a number one pick, but to Taylor's opinion, and he knows a lot about the Angels, he still saw Mickey as a fourth outfielder. Uh, he can have some hot games. He can yeah. have a he can have a home run. He can steal a couple bags, and you get excited, but that doesn't mean there won't be adjustments made. The question is, can he make adjustments in return? And I think that's the big mystery with Moniak. And he's leading off right now ahead of Mike Trout and Shoei Otani. You know, if you and Taylor can... Ward, the other Taylor Ward, has yeah. not – He's not been incredible. You know, he hasn't been. There's a lot of people thought Taylor Ward was really going to ascend this year. We haven't seen that yet. No, he's been okay. He's just been okay. You know, it's been. Right. So I think a lot of people put pressure on him in the fantasy world is what happened here. Not that he's feeling it, but the word of mouth about Taylor Ward got real high. My buddy Vlad said he was going to be this year's Yelich, which to means like a huge breakout. It doesn't mean it won't happen still. It doesn't mean that. But But it's going to take some uh, really, really hot summer months. Um, yeah, and he's give, he's been given uh, like every week he seems to get at least one day off. And Zach Nato has been at the leadoff spot on occasion, and like you said, Moniac yeah, was in the leadoff spot. Yeah. So there's been opportunities where he hasn't always been there every day, and maybe they're worried that because last year I, he did have some leggings. I feel like stuff. he had a muscle issue. Yeah. yeah, so so something to think about. One guy I want to make sure I mention: AJ Smith Shaver. We were talking about the sticky ball in Double yeah. A. He was having issues with controlling that pitch or controlling that ball. He got bumped up. He's 20. He got bumped up to double A. He's a big time guy in the brave system and kind of figured he would. I thought by the end of the year, he was going to really show out, get to double A at some point mid season and have a really fun year that by next year, he's a top 100 prospect. He went to double A made a He had a pretty good showing but apparently he made some comments that he is struck. He was struggling to feel the ball correctly. And it was doing things that he's never seen the ball do out of his own hands. So he mm-hmm. was worried that he might hurt somebody. <laughs> and wow. I mean, we don't get we're you know, we were talking about on the discord today with that sticky ball that I don't think major league baseball assumed that they would see the wild pitches and the balls, but Guys just aren't able to – This the ball isn't moving the way that they're used to it moving. And when that happens, you're going to have some balls that get away from you. And the scary part is that when you're talking about double A, you're talking about guys who have some pretty refined arms popping, you know, triple digits. Smith Shaver isn't quite to that level, but he's certainly an upper 90s guy. And yeah. you start launching a 98-mile-an-hour pitch that you aren't sure where it's going. God, that – as a pitcher – you don't want to do that. And so the Braves bumped him all the way up to AAA now. 
and that, 20 years old at 20 years old and all of i was just gonna go look all of 17 full season starts under his belt before this season he had pitched in low a last year made 17 starts Sounds like the Mason Miller route. Oh my gosh. It's just, <laughs> I I never would have projected him to be in triple, but you know, the funny thing is he's not allowed to run yet. He's got zero runs in 21 innings and he's struck out 32 over those 21 innings. So that, there's something there. It's just that, geez, this is suddenly getting to be the, I had mentioned at one point, this could end up being a Spencer Strider sort of situation where he comes up mid-year or even in August as a bullpen guy because of the two-pitch mix that he has. He has a studly fastball and slider combo that they've been working to bring in the third and fourth pitch with. But, boy, that could be a fun, fun thing in the back end of the of the bullpen. Because, you know, the Braves just don't have enough arms so in that bullpen. It's so stunning. It's just bring in it's another stunning. one. Everybody was on, oh, my God. Even I said it. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Atlanta bullpen. is loaded. Yeah. yeah, hey, you know, sometimes it doesn't go the way you plan. They're still – they're in first. They're going to be fine. Well, they're a really good team. They'll probably win another division title. And I think that bullpen's going to be fine. It's just really odd that, like, Minter and Iglesias and – like, everyone just stopped being able to pitch the way they normally pitch all at once. And it was – Well, just, they gave up our, our guy, our main man, Justin Henry yeah. Malloy, for a reliever with Joe for, Jimenez. Yeah. And who I've never liked in Detroit. I was glad he was gone. I still think it was an incredible trade. I think uh, he's honestly been one of their better relievers during this. I know. That's what's funny about it. That's the funny part about it is Joe Jimenez has actually not been terrible. The other guys have struggled. But, uh, you know, real quickly, because we got to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we got a show in. Yeah. This almost didn't even happen. We were grateful to be here. Uh, Chad says, speaking of Kumar Rocker, we talked about a little while ago, it was the saddest thing that I've ever laughed at when they added him to the 100 pipeline. And then 75 seconds later, the news broke that he's got to have TJ and they took him off. Yeah. That's, that's just a bad break right there. Yeah. Remember actually, the pipeline is not the gospel. You know, no. we say this on the show all the time there. It's a, like an aggregate in my opinion. It really is. But they did talk about in their, in their podcast about the top 100, they talked about that process about with rocker going on and then off. Um, oh, so, I mean, if, if you want to get a good listen, I'm not going to completely remember all this off the top of my head, but they had some good, some good discussion about the guys that have moved off and talked a lot about the guys who were big movers on the, on the new 100 and, and why they do what they do, where they get their information, things like that. It's the thing I will always appreciate, even if you don't like, if you don't agree with Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo's and now Sam Dykstra on there too, if you don't agree with their their rankings they are very open to discussing why they are where they are they're not going to step away and say well it's just my opinion man um (laughs) they're going to say well here's i talked to this person and i talked to this person and i talked to this person and then i saw him too and from all of that that's why i had him at this spot Mm. you have to appreciate someone like that i don't know no, Winans is a Winans is a quad A type arm. And Sorry, they, Anthony. They've yeah. got like four of those down there right now, which is really. There's um, one that was up. Is it Nick uh, Mergavicious or something like that? He came up with. Ooh, uh, yeah. Came up with the Padres at one point, and uh, he's actually doing very well with the Braves Triple A team as far as just what he's showing. But he's been essentially a long man. And, okay, I should shut up, too, because apparently he's got a 7.90 ERA. (laughs) But Ah! maybe I've just caught him on his good days. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Hey, you know what? You saw what you saw. That's the thing. I didn't know Sam Dykstra was uh, in the mix there now, MLB Pipeline. That's cool. I I think he does pretty good work. So I'm not blaming any one individual. You've said this on the show many, many times. It just ends up being a... It's a collective thing that starts to develop. It's not really one person's to blame here. I, and I don't want to go off on that any longer. Uh, two more things. Get out of here. Got to go. Yep. Do you possibly think this? Because it came into my head, and it could just be a hot take talking point that it makes me sound like a jackass. But is it possible that, or at least one of them, Jared Schuster or Dylan Dodd, have 
will maybe have their development stifled by the fact that they were so good at spring training. They opened up the the Braves' eyes, and after what happened with Spencer Strider, Strideritis starts to become a thing here where it actually could hurt a certain pitcher because they weren't ready, but they showed a flash, and it's like, oh, well, look what happened last year. And I know they're not simpletons with Atlanta. I get that. I'm just curious what you think about that at all. You know, both pitchers, both Dodd and and Schuster, are really back-end guys. And I think I put to, put out a, on minor league opening day, or actually I think it might have been on the first start that Dodd had at the major league level, I put out a – I had I'd written up a, a, a scouting report on him. And the guy who um, – gosh, now my brain is blanking on the pitcher I compared him to. Um, but essentially a back-end – um, a back-end type of starter that's not going to hurt you, but probably going to be like a 4 ERA, 125, 130 whip, but give you five, six innings every time out. Um, mm. um, I want to say it was Jay Happ is the name that I – yeah, that's who I brought up with him. Is, ah, good old Jay Happ. Which, you know, nothing sexy there typically. You know, he's going to rack you up some wins some years. He might have a, a really nice year – like Hap had that year in Toronto where I think he might have won like 20 games or something. But, I mean, he he just got on a good club, had a good run. That's Dodd. Dodd's that type of guy that, I mean, typically his command control is what leads what leads him. But also have to understand, this guy went from like low A to starting this last year to starting in, in the majors this year. So – he jumped a lot of levels last year and really didn't get a lot of time to iron out the kinks in the upper minors. And that's so as the Braves, you understand that you're doing that with a guy at the big league level. And that's okay. If you understand that that's what the path is. And same thing with Schuster. I mean, Schuster's Schuster had more time in, he was at double a AA and triple a last year. So it was all upper levels for him, but you're talking about once again, you know, just look at the the grades there and it i mean whether or not you agree with pipelines grades those are pretty well consistent grades everything across the board is average or better but there's nothing elite there's not a single mm. pitch he really throws that's a 70 you know everything you know the changeup listed as a 60 that's when he's controlling it well but everything i mean it's a 50 fastball and that's a big thing you when you got a 50 fastball you got to be precise Dodds is probably a 55. And so you're talking about guys, they're leading with control. And that's, I mean, that's really a a thing to watch with these guys is you're not talking about elite fantasy type arms that you've got going here. They're going to bring out a lot of strikeouts, but as far as will it hurt their development? I think it's a mental issue thing if if they can handle it mentally that they're going to get their brains beat in a little bit then yeah i think that they're going to be fine if they can't handle that well we might have it might be a player who is a flash in a pan for a year and he disappears um so yeah i'm putting him too high i'm just putting him too i i I am guilty i have fallen in to the trap of strideritis, assuming that, oh, well, these guys, they got to be great. Atlanta just keeps pumping them out. You're right. I They've had a lot of guys that have come and gone, and they're not even with them anymore. I mean, there's so many pitchers that have come through, and we've seen it all before. So yeah. that's a great point. I'm glad you described it that way. You, you gave me a reality check there, which is clearly what I needed. Uh, one <laughs> thing Anthony was asking, I know we brought up Manzardo. He said, who has a better skill set? Is it Manzardo or current first baseman for the Red Sox, Tristan Casas? As far as pure fantasy, I like Manzardo's better. Um, I think Manzardo's a, an average end power guy at his best. Uh, he's made some changes this year to where he's accessing that power. Casas before this year, which Casas has had his own struggles this year. Um, Still hitting 188 right yeah. now. Yeah, But that is really what you were worried about with him is he might be a three true, true outcome sort of hitter. You know, I'll, I'll take a walk and I'll hit the ball out of the ballpark, and that's pretty much what I can do. Um, this is not correct, Anthony. No, no. there's no, no relation to John Rocker and Kumar Rocker. At Actually, all. 
Kumar's parents are extremely brilliant people. So um, he comes from a very highly educated family. So oh, that's okay. why college was kind of, it was going to take one heck of a signing bonus to not have him go to college because there, that was a pretty ingrained thing in him to go to college. Uh... Well, I wish that John Rocker's parents had gone to college, or at least uh, just been more educated, because clearly they weren't. You know, you know that's where they learn it from. People, learn, the kids learn it from parents generally, or family members around the environment. And John yep. Rocker, he doesn't have an excuse though, because by then he was a thirty-year-old man and should have known better. Yep, absolutely. No, he's yeah. I still remember that man. That God, that's I was nineteen years old. It was nineteen ninety-nine, and the Braves and the Mets had a rivalry going on. And, you know, Robin Ventura Mets, and, of course, the Braves had won the whole decade, and this was, like, the end of that decade. And John Rockers, they published an article. He just freely said this stuff, this ridiculous And he knew he was being interviewed. Stuff. That's just the thing. Yeah, he knew it was, he was published in a, It was an SI article. It was flat out, like, oh, it's terrible. And what he an was, idiot. And he was pitching really well that year for the Braves. Yeah, and then suddenly he was, they just kind of said, uh, we need to get rid of here. <laughs> so ah, he imploded, he imploded his whole career. That, then, I mean, obviously we got some gold that. out of it. Not him. I mean, he's an asshole. What he said, he's, we got some gold out of it because Kenny powers was based on John Rocker. Yes. Kenny powers. Wasn't a racist though. In that show, he was just an idiot, uh, in a funny way. <laughs> Kenny powers in Eastbound and down one of my favorite comedies ever. Yeah. So no, I have to say that that's just, and then they, they traded him midseason, got a couple of guys that, I mean, Steve Carsey was okay. Um, Steve, yeah, Steve, Steve Carsey and Steve Reed, who were good relievers, but they were giving up a guy who was, at that time, one of those few guys who could throw 100 from the left side. And so yeah. that, that... Do you want to test your baseball knowledge, Ben? If you really want to test how good of a baseball expert you are, if you could recall relievers that just came and went on teams there's been so many oh. relievers in our lifetime that have just i mean lefty specialists actually are more of an imprint on your yeah. mind because they end up staying around because they get used in that way a lot more at least when we were around before they implemented the three out rule but that's where you really show your yeah. stripes in my opinion getting relievers out of your mind from the 1993 mets or the <laughs> The Brewers or my Tigers, yeah. guys That's like fun. Paul Ossenmacher, you know. <laughs> I love Paul Ossenmacher. He pitched for the Cubs, pitched for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. pitch. I think he was wasn't solid. He a Tiger. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe one year, if it's possible, but it doesn't ring a bell. Then he, again, he's the type of guy who was on like everybody. He played for like every team. Like same, you know. Just <laughs> there's some of those guys that have the Edwin Jackson route, except that Edwin was a starter. And you start to get into some of these middle relievers, especially in like the late eighties, early nineties, and they seem to play for everybody. So yeah, he never played for the Tigers. He was a Brave, a Cub, and a White Sox. And then he he finished his last five years with the what used to be known well the Cleveland team, the Guardians. Yeah. So and there you go. Always had a great beer. And I remember that. That's right, because the yeah. oh he did have a great beer. I remember him in that because he was on that Cleveland team that lost the ninety seven series. Those were really good Cleveland oh, teams in the yeah. late nineties. And now I remember him being you know. A lefty came in, did his thing over there. So, all right, you can come here and talk, Paul Ossenbacher. I gotta go. Glad we got this show in. Oh, oh boy, yeah, Papelbon was oh a good God. guy. I th- wasn't that just like he was a dick. Like I don't, he didn't say anything that was god awful, like Rocker no. did, right? He just had a, he was a hothead. He, him and uh, Bryce Harper went at it. Was yeah. it him? And, yeah, somebody was, on the Nationals. It was an internal issue, and you get two guys who are. Highly competitive, high energy guys in the same clubhouse, both extremely. I don't know if alpha male has taken a different sort of term and use on a yeah. because of the political realm that is termed alpha male, but what we know as a sports alpha male, like I have to be the leader, I have to be the guy. And he and, and Bryce Harper were both that guy. And in that clubhouse, it just did not make for a good fit. And that's, you know, and also you can hate Bryce Harper all you want, but he's just, a, he's always been that guy, but also able to laugh at himself when he screws up. He's always been that incre- incredibly intense competitor, but when he screws up, he can come off the field and go, well, that was freaking stupid, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> you, need, you need to have some of that humility. And I don't know, it's one of those things I, I hate how much I like Bryce Harper as a person and as a player, because 
Yeah. You know, as a Braves fan, uh, you're not supposed <laughs> to like a guy who's tormented your freaking team for <laughs> his whole career. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then he stayed in your, in your in division, division too. Yeah. So. so, you know, the thing is about Pavelman is he should have been a 400 saves guy. He yeah. ended up at 368, and he's only 42 now. His last season was in 2016. That's, he could have got 32 more saves possibly yeah. here or there if maybe things had broke a little different for him. Because I only mention that because Kenley Jansen – did that last week he broke the 400 save club kenley jansen is officially in there good and for him although he yeah i love it I, I feel bad that he's fallen apart recently but uh, i'm sure he'll figure it out he's a predator he's a I veteran just, pro i love the fact that he's come back from all the heart stuff that he had that's yeah I mean, that's, a, that's serious I mean, you know and now he's a and, could be a hall of fame reliever yeah, yeah possibly i mean in this era i i mean that you've got chapman you've got kimbrell and then after that, I mean, Jansen's got to be in that absolute next group as far as who could potentially be Hall of Fame guys of the last, let's say, 20 years that have spent most of their prime in the last 20 years. I mean, you got Chapman Kimbrell. And then after that, it's, I mean, you, you got to see where someone like Edwin Diaz goes. He's got the talent to do that, but now he's popped an arm and let's see what he is when he comes back. But, I mean, absolutely, Jansen is right there with that. That's a good point, yeah. Oh, and Anthony says, I love Turk Wendell. Yeah, I remember Turk Wendell. <laughs> well, the guy who always a, had to hop over the baseline. Yeah, and he, was, to, he was kooky. He was kind of a Mark Fidrich type of a guy. He had lots yeah. of kookiness to him. Okay. Yeah, and Mitch Williams is basically John Rocker without the homophobia and racism. As far you know, He was very fiery and kind of like the guy who came out of the trailer park, Mitch Williams. He had the mullet. He wasn't shy about it. Yeah. No. But he, as far as I know, he, he was a fiery guy. The issue was, was not guy. missing the mark in interviews. It was missing the mark when throwing the ball to home plate. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And then Joe, Joe Carter could Joe attest Carter to that. connected so. to it. So, yeah. Exactly. That's right. Oh, Octavio Dotel. I remember him. Yeah, that was fun. That, all right. We got to stop doing this. Yeah. I do this for <laughs> we could be go. on this all day. <laughs> Utah. Utah, give me two. Pull out some podcasts, two L's, two Z's. Make sure you follow Ben on Twitter at Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Gobier, of course, with the Discord. It's always, it's in the description. Everything you need, the links, everything, it's all there for you. And uh, that'll do it. Thanks, Ben. Good yeah. show, my friend. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.